Hi, y'all. This is Kristen Chenoweth. Hi, I'm Gloria Stefan. This is Sarah Bareilles. Hi, I'm Patty Lapone. This is Lynn Manuel Miranda. You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. There's a cat over here. There's a cat over there. And the wrong one died. And the wrong one died. Welcome to the Wrong Cat Die, the podcast breakdown of the catastrophe. I'm your host, Mike Abrams, and today we have another amazing guest who has some crazy stories to tell. She was a swing covering Jelly Lorem and Jenny Any Dots on the U.S. National Tour 5. So welcome, Catherine Heaton, and thank you for joining me. Thank you. I'm excited. I'm excited because I know we've teased a little bit about that you went on as a swing, but there's more to that story. So we will get there. Um, before we get there though, I love always hearing your history with cats before you booked the tour. So when's the first time you saw it? What was your first experience with the show? I'd never seen it, um, other than the video. So in my room at home, the cats VHS, um, I was not really amused, but The non-equity tour, um, you know, it just banged out auditions every single year at the same time every year. And um, I had finished my graduate degree and I was jumping in literally the pounding the pavement, you know, unofficial list, transferred to the official list and all of that. I auditioned five times or I booked this particular tour um, get to that what I booked it as Grizabella uh, honestly and yeah so I had high hopes of being in Phantom of the Mm -hmm. Opera and I used to study the casting notices to see who was on the team of shows and one of the uh, music supervisors of Phantom. I used to help with the non-actors and that was intention not to be in Cats, but that all changed. I became a part of the show because now it's one of my favorite shows and I'm obsessed. I love it. So you were you weren't interested in this at all it was like i'm, I'm auditioning because i need to audition because that's you know you gotta you, you want to get to work and you're at that point in your career so you're going to probably audition for anything you're not a fan you've seen the 1998 movie was wasn't amused wasn't obsessed with it and you almost did it as a hook to phantom because of because of a uh a, a musical supervisor so mm-hmm. i i love that and then you then you get booked so I, that is kind yeah. of like, had you seen it at all before that you just, or just the movie? Just the movie and just memory, the song, you know, who hasn't recorded that in their lives. Um, so I'm Marie and I had, you know, known about memory for years and what an incredible song it was. Um, my grandmother actually was very into playing music in her house Mm -hmm. and that was one of the songs that she always played and uh, just previous to auditioning for these tours um, I had to sing Memory at her 90th birthday party to a karaoke track you know (laughs) and I did it really well so I thought you know I'm not uh dancer dancer i'm not going to be victoria with the the leg up by my ear um and you know everybody's like you should audition for grizz like she doesn't hardly dance she's on stage for 11 minutes and i'm like wow this sounds great and she has the best song in the show but now is the best song in the show but um so yeah i really just wanted to dress up as a cat in heels and a fur, a beautiful fur coat and uh, down the face and sing memory. (laughs) So, so let's get into that. So you, you do audition for your booked as Grizz, but there's more to this. After several years of auditioning um, and callbacks and why didn't I get it and this and that, um, you know, Phantom always in the forefront. I'm only like 25 
at that point. But then when I actually booked it, I was 29. And one of the oldest people, which is crazy to think about now, I was one of the oldest um, who booked. And we started with um, four weeks of rehearsal in New York City at Pearl Studios, good old Pearl, which I love. And um, we had 30 minutes every morning of a warm led by the incomparable Richard Stafford, who is just an incredible man. And then we had 30 minutes of felinity. <laughs> so that was put your tails on. We had rehearsal tails. Put your tails on and act like cats with each other for 30 minutes. So as a grizz, I was actually instructed to wait in the hallway for about 15 of those minutes. And um, so the cats would all be with each other and having fun, fighting, this and that. And then I would, and the room, the entire mood would change. Because the whole, it's very unfair, but Grizz is an outcast. And, you know, they treated her like junk, junkyard. Um, junkyard material when when she walked in the room in, in the show. And they, they tried to really hone that in. Um, so that three weeks of that, and then the fourth and final week was a lot of it, but still just running, running, running. The and long story short, um, I have an immense fear of heights. And very long story short, I should say, I have an immense fear of heights, and I knew of the heavy side layer journey um, this entire, and I think a lot of it, but at the same time, I was really nervous about it. Um, fast forward to designer runs. We do everything at, you know, these, this beautiful place, um, right near Carnegie hall. And we fly off to Lina to do tech and tech is the first place that I encounter something called the pod. And the mm. pod is what Isabella has. She's on the tire with old dude who um, is Nathan Morgan. He's a dear friend of mine. Um, and he, we tire together. The tire raises to about, you know, half the stage level. And I was fine on that. And then I just tried so hard. Um, I, I tried for a week. I cried for a week. Uh, the cast was helping me for a week. The producers were helping me for a week because I really wanted to be Grizzabelle. Really good at it. And I never got to do it. So wow. um, I was fired. Um, and it was so traumatic um it was a horrible horrible experience it was because when you have a fear of something first of all there's five thousand people who don't have that fear and they can all do it fine all of that you know self esteem issue that comes along with that and, and now you know still we're going on 12 years still kind of it's like oh you're the girl that that happened to on cats right and it's like yes i am um so i get sent home on a plane and just so we're clear everybody involved was sad about this um i say i was fired it wasn't um it wasn't a firing it was mm -hmm. like we are so sorry but there is nothing we can do else to help you they tried i mean the Grizz goes into that pod and there's no harness. So um, if you're already having a pack, you already feel the effects of that. You don't want to get into a pod that has no back and help. Um, if you fall, if you faint, if you get scared, you're up there, say, for the whole thing of cats. Mm -hmm. So you're up there until the bow. And then that's how she takes her bow. The pod comes down. She takes her bow. Um, so it's a good 10 minutes that you're up there. And there is a phone 
there's a phone where you can communicate with the stage manager and the stage manager said we can talk the entire 10 minutes if you want um but the reality is is that i couldn't reach for the phone oh um faint i had to make the decision that this wasn't um so that's why i'm not billed as grisabella um i did weeks of rehearsal and one week of tech they let me do the whole show during tech just not that part mm -hmm. um, and they would call me in at different times when the cast wasn't called so we could work on this and it's not my proudest moment but um again very long story short the good news is is two days later i got a phone call from the producers being to fly me back and to change they were going to tax and um they wanted me show. so nothing better could have happened from this than me nailing those other new tracks mm -hmm. and we can talk about all that if you want but um yeah, so I've technically played three roles in Cats. Two on stage, one, I was the rehearsal Grizz, I guess. Yeah, I'm curious. I mean, that's a, first of all, it's a, a wild story and a crazy story. And I mean, but I don't, I, I would hope it's not uncommon. I mean, I feel like fear of heights is fairly common and there's other fears that are also fairly common. And it's sometimes it's still can't overcome. You know, it's like, like you said, it's like a paralyzing piece to where you couldn't even freak um, yeah, I, I'm I'm like trying to think through my head of like that is a, a big part of the show and it's something that they're obviously not going to want to change and there's I'm sure there were some workarounds but none of them were really gonna, that's going to go up at the end of the show. Um, are there any other I was thinking about what other things are there because there has to be other performers that have that have dealt with a similar situation um, and how is that like does that play in what you audition for and like have you thought about that moving forward? Yeah. Yes. Um, so, first of all, the lyric in the song is up, 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 past the hotel. So there was, you know, I have a dear friend who in the business and he said, well, can't they just friggin change the lyrics to down, down, down? <laughs> and I was like, I guess not. They're not going to do that. Um, so that was that. But then um, the next two shows that I got involved heights again in a much smaller capacity mm -hmm. um and the producer for the next show which evita um you're probably think there's no heights in evita um the casa rosada the set piece when you're an aristocrat you sing from up there um obviously if you're ava perone you sing from up there i was actually full disclosure i was really in that he thought that that was going to even compare to going up in the lighting rig for 10 minutes by yourself. Um, so it was kind of like a snarky, like, well, we know it was actually the same producers mm. as Cat's tour. So, you know, this guy on the phone was like, well, we know your issues. So are you going to be okay with that? And I was like, it's the first floor of a house. Like you're standing basically on like a, a little balcony or one minute um, singing with a group of people around. I never actually never thought about it once. Um, and then came along and I was just hired again, very long story to be a quick two month replacement for somebody who um, if, uh, briefly and I was turned into a six month, turned into an eight month, then that turned into learning all different roles. And one of the roles was Madame Giri. When you go see Phantom, you probably don't think Madame Giri does a lot on a height issue, but behind the scenes, she has to climb a very tall ladder at the end of the show with Raoul when they're um, through the lair and she's it's right before the Raoul jump where he mm -hmm. jumps into the lair to try and find Christine and asked and thank us but um that company as well wanted me to be Madame Jerry and I was flattered but every single day when I went to work you age and you see how high this thing is called the travelator and um 
it moves I know we're not on video so I can't show it but it moves front and back but it also moves up and down and it slants and it moves front and slant and front and slant and back and and you're climbing a ladder that's very tall in your costume and then you go out onto the bridge that's moving up and down have a very brief scene and run off and they approached me saying they would work with me for as long as it took um and it took over a week for me to go to the top of the ladder then to let go of the ladder mm -hmm. because as we previously talked about um I wouldn't even reach for that phone. So you come into a state of paralysis and um, trust me, I've tried to work on this. Everything has been suggested to me. So I'm not just sitting my thumbs saying I have a fear of heights. Um, this is truly debilitating. Um, but I ended up, I mean, I've gone on for Madame Jury countless times. Mm -hmm. And I will say though, after the, the Broadway shutdown, we had to redo tech things and I had to redo that and something about when it's in the show it's only like a two minute thing that's going on maybe five you have to endure that um, but when you're in it it's another situation mm -hmm. and it was really hard yeah is it um go back was there a difference of like I, I'm thinking about when you're on a Broadway stage that that set is there every day not moving you know, I, I don't want to say one's more or less safe than the other because I think there, you know, there's obviously a lot of safety precautions. I've heard some crazy stories about in Cats where the the pod has gone up and crashed into the ceiling and had other things on a cruise or on other places where it's not a, you know, it's moving almost every day. So does that, like, do you did you have more comfort in a, on a Broadway stage knowing that that was going to be uh, there every day versus a tubing every couple days? Um, yeah, no, I mean, on Broadway, we had issues with this, um, set piece. Let's just say that. I mean, it's been there 88. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it was a different thing. Like you're not suspended in air by yourself, um, in the lighting rig. You're not at risk for a crash. It's more like you have to climb the ladder, then you have to let go and let Raul climb the ladder. And then you go out on the bridge together. So my first Raul, um, he was like, if you need to death grip my back or my arm, just till we get out there on the bridge. Like, cause once you get out, you're screaming and there's a fast scene. Um, and the bridge is actually in motion coming down by the time the scene starts. So mm -hmm. um, the answer to that is, I guess I feel better on Broadway, but only in this situation. I mean, their accidents happen all the time when a lot of shows. Yeah. And, and Cats is a historically like physically Accidental. demanding and heavy injury type of show. Yes. So yeah. you do go back and use Joey and Jenny, right? Yeah, while I remember getting the phone call and I am, I can dance, not a dancer. I do not bill myself a dancer. When I'm in a audition, I, I mean, audition that I produce, but I just keep laughing. And then actually by the end of the, the rehearsal period, I'm like, kicking turning jumping all of all of the above i love it i love it and that's actually what i end up missing from shows when when i leave the show so but i had to learn this was my first it wasn't my first time understudying but it was my first time at this type of level mm -hmm. and we were in like i said bathrooms we were in museum at school we were in a coffee room we were in any sort of situation that La this is all last minute too. They weren't planning to have these rehearsals. And, um, you know, it took a few weeks and I went on for the first time at the most beautiful, majestic theater in San Antonio, Texas. I don't know if any of our 
foul been there, but it is to die for. Um, I just went on and I did amazing. I was jelly and it was incredible. Like it was, it was wild. And then after that, I kind of forget where you went on, but I remember the first time yeah. for that. We're going to tour some messages from our sponsors and then we'll be back for more of The Wrong Cat Died. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I want to now pivot a little bit because you you said in the beginning that you weren't a fan of the show or I don't know it wasn't your thing compared to your Phantom I'm ready to go on but then now mm-hmm. it sounds like you are part of the Jellicle family for life so how did that like how where did that moment come where all of a sudden you said okay this is this is actually for me i love it this is this is a a great show i think it's when i went on as jelly for the first time um because i never got to go on as as grit um and i actually as i said before grizz is an outcast you spend most of the show alone Mm -hmm. anyway um so in a way i'm truly blessed to me because I like I still remember people in the cast when I got to go on like I'm getting sad happy just thinking about the friendship and Chanel um Ken when you're part of um as we call it and that pivoted everything for me mm-hmm. because you know I was <laughs> when you're in cats you're like you're in I also thought it was amazing that you never had to just in the the unitard and I only had to add on for the opera, like mm-hmm. um, the white puppy and the, the the long gloves and the hat. But other than that, you, you're you just in the show and come as you are and you're all over the floor with these people. Um, it also expanded my capacity as a performer like nothing else ever has yeah um i did not i mean even when they called me to come back down to north carolina to open the show as somebody else um i said are you serious like i said you know you know how like i how long it's going to take me to learn this Mm -hmm. and they were like we don't care we want you and also when you're a swing in cats, you sing every night. You sing the show every yep. night, which I think technically I think every show should do that, just saying, because it's a, an amazing experience and you're still part of the show every single night. So to answer your question, it was the community that was created around me learning these new tracks and being in the booth, as we call it, every night with um the other swings and learn i mean it's cats is a whole body experience (laughs) you know and it just changes you it's there's nothing i cannot think of anything else like it nothing yeah i i want to i'm curious if you the entire like rehearsal process they almost trained the cats to have some animosity towards you. Like you weren't in the Flinity school for this. You weren't part of that. And then when you come back, you're now on the other side of that. Was there a transition yeah. period with the cast of where they kind of had to remove your Grizabella to accept your jelly and Jenny? Like, what was that? Was that hard yeah. for them? No. Um, this is what I'm saying. I remember like I'm seeing it right now in my head. So the way that the producers handled my coming back was a secret to the cast because they told me on the phone that everyone was, they said the morale is really low and they, they, I guess they lied to the cast and they said they were flying to New York to do auditions. Cause this was before like 
virtual auditions. Mm -hmm. Um, they, they were flying to New York to do a quick audition of like people that were in callbacks before, for the, um, they, they bumped, they bumped the cover up to Grizz who was, her name was Melissa and she was incredible and she should be doing it eight times a week, um, and could do it eight times a week. And she was great. So they bumped her up. So now they needed a, a swing and, uh, they bumped the swing. So they had two female swings. They bumped one to Grizz and one to Jelly. So now they needed the swing. And they said that they were going to New York to audition, you know, people who were in callbacks before. And that that person that they hired someone and that person was um, going to join the cast tonight. And I was, and they said that nobody knew a thing except, you know, the music and the dance and the producers. And I walked in, it was this auditorium, like a school auditorium college in Hamlet, North Carolina. And they were like, this is our new swing. They didn't say the name and they opened the door and I walked in and people were like, people jumped, people screamed, people like, it was like on prices, right? (laughs) When you win at the end, like, I mean, it was like, Honestly, it was the best feeling that I have ever felt. And there was no need to go into that. I think it actually just, you know, the the reversal of roles. There was no, everybody was just so happy that this is how it was turning out. Yeah, that has to be, you know, like it is a family and you go through a lot together um, to have it end kind of abruptly. And so I'm sure everyone was like beyond thrilled to, to find a way to have you there. Yeah. And, um, you know, but it was like, Oh, okay. Now I'm going to be on stage for two hours (laughs) versus 11 minutes. So I better get, you know, eating my salads and everything like that. I mean, from, from a performer's perspective, it is a totally different vibe than being Gris. Like, yeah, you get a very short period with Grizz and you go on and you belt and but everybody else is on there almost the entire time and you dance the eleven minute ball sequence and everything in between. There's like very few moments when you're not on stage and so it is a, a completely different show almost compared to what you know, the the Grisabella track. Yeah. And even when you're like lying down on stage, you end up somehow being choreographed into a crunch yeah. and like <laughs> uh, a V or some sort of Pilates move. Like you can't just lay down on stage. It's got to be perfect, you know? And it that was just something, like I said, it's a whole body experience. I, I was not ready for that. I'm going to be honest. Like I thought I'd be smoking my Grizz cigarette, you know, and having the morning after look and, you know, being fabulous glamour cat in the junkyard. And that was not the case. Yeah. (laughs) No, as a swing, um, you have to be ready all the time. So that was the other thing is you have to be ready to go on um, in perfect or perfect for you near perfect condition um at any time so that was a another mindset shift that was a little anxiety provoking but it turned out fine yeah did you ever go on for an injury like mid-show no okay no 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 that's the part of swings i i can't fathom it just seems so crazy to be i guess you at least in in cats you're in the booth and you're singing but to be just sitting there and then all of a sudden quickly throwing on and jumping in in the second act just to me sounds insane yeah we used to i think we went to the booth in pin curls and um so every day we were kind of prepped and then we used to have to do um quizzes on how fast you could do your makeup (laughs) just in case wow so if I, if that did happen, I would have eight minutes. I remember eight minutes in my head right now. I would have eight minutes to go on. So they would either, if it's a part that is critical to the next song, I think they would hold the show. If it wasn't critical to the next number, um, they would allow, you know, the person to be out and then the new cat's going to come in and it, you know, my experience, it was non-union. So there wasn't any of this, like having to announce your name and all Mm -hmm. of that. Mm -hmm. I want to talk a little bit about theories and backstories. What, (laughs) you know, you played, you played and, and rehearsed for 
three of the characters. Um, what are some of the backstories that you had to create for yourself uh, to get through kind of like, hey, this is this is Jenny's story. This is Jelly's story. Um, what what were your theories you made up? Yeah, it's and they're all so different. Um, so the Grizz one is that I had time for that. Mm-hmm. I had time to think of her and develop her and really, you know, obviously I'm not the same. I wasn't the same age. I, you know, Grizz is kind of dated. Um, but I had had some life experiences Um as I think a lot of actors have, where you felt like an outcast uh, growing up um, at your school, you were made fun of. Um, I just felt like a lot of the Grizz stuff was very easy for me to tap into. Um, I am pretty dark in my thoughts and I sang it that way too. And I remember the music supervisor saying um, I had never heard these songs sung this way. Hmm. You know, um, like her opening part is called Remark, Mm -hmm. the cat. And, you know, I had so much pain in my voice. And that that's really the only other than not being able to do the pod. That was the only regret that I had is that I never got to share that. Mm -hmm. Um, like I have gone through some stuff and I let it fly. I let it rip in, in the character of Grizz. Um, she was just so relatable to me. And I know that sounds really dark, but, um, I felt very connected to her and maybe someday I will get to share that backstory, um, at another theater that possibly uses stairs or something else. So if you're out there, call me. Um, And then for for Jenny and Jelly, um, first of all, I don't I have never played like a happy, fun character. I play these dark, um, usually older women. And, you know, like Madame Jiri is Grizz. Is Grizz Madame Jiri? I don't know. Um, But these two they're not kittens um they're not in the kitten category because we have those two um you know silly and victoria and those kinds but they have they were fun and that was really hard for me i have to be honest um i i have fun in my life but i i just for whatever reason i mean my voice is darker and um so i had to learn this i had to figure this out and for jenny um in my mind, she was like a cute grandma type. Like she was the fairy godmother mm-hmm. in Cinderella. Yeah. Me, that was that was who I thought of with her. And she was just so laughable and excitable. And then Jelly, I, I just envisioned her as a, the quintessential ingenue. Another thing that I don't really connect with, but in that show i certainly did um that that her and gus have this odd relationship kind of like if you see an old lady crossing the street or an old man crossing the street and you want to be of service and help them you know that was that was her like she's just like the the sweetest kindest person cat out there and um you know it was just it was such a mind stretcher for me to come up with with these things mm-hmm. for for each cat and then when you're a swing you have to like switch it oh tonight i'm tonight i'm the fairy godmother tonight i am you know the sweet girl next door who's um it was it was a really mind-blowing experience mm-hmm. for sure i want to talk about one more thing before we go into the rapid fire because i do know you know you've mentioned a couple times that you you were phantom was like the end goal and so you know, you've been in three Andrew Lloyd Webber shows. Um, what was, I think you said you were vacation swing to start, but what was that moment like when you got that call and you kind of had the Broadway phantom opportunity dream come to life? So it was incredible. It was an email. Um, I had actually given up on auditioning. Um, I had had a string of, this is after Evita. I had had a string of callbacks go nowhere. And um, while I was on Evita, I will say that I went to Kinko's and I got, um, well, from someone in Phantom, I got the PDF score 
Then I went to Kinko's in California and had it bound and, and, um, made into something that I could carry around. So I'm on this other tour who also had the same music supervisor, by the way, and I'm carrying around this phantom score. I'm learning different parts in phantom. I'm teaching them to myself. And, um, I let the phantom staff who did Evita, um, and partially did cats know that I was learning these things and they had seemed very impressed with me and my, you know, high soprano, uh, ability and my, you know, I, I get along with everybody. I have a great time in the show. And I think that really, I, I let them know then that, you know, phantom was my thing, my life, uh, goal. And they called me into a bathroom in Orlando, Florida, when they were, they used to come fly out for visits, you know, to check in. Um, and we had, we had a 10 a.m. Saturday morning music rehearsal because they were like, we are getting this done. And before two shows, like, it's pretty unheard of. But after the music rehearsal, they come up to me and, and said, we're, we'll hear you now. And I was like, now? phantom now and they were like yes so we went to some it was like a bathroom or a dressing room closet or something it was it was insane and i just they were like well what do you know and i said i could do carlotta i could do madame jiri i could do the magical lasso i could do prima donna okay um we'll hear all of that so i was like oh and it's like now like 11 a.m and I'm like, okay. So the conductor from Avida, who traveled with us, William, he was amazing. Um, William Waldrop, he played and I sang and they were very impressed with me. Well, um, half of them were very impressed with me and the other half um, was emailing the whole time. So whether or not that was about me, I highly, highly doubt it. Um, and then that was in March and I got this email. I left the show, the tour ended. Um, and I got this email in October. Wow. So I never heard a peep after that day in the bathroom. (laughs) Never said, you know, we'll think of you. We'll think of you fondly. Never said a word. That is crazy. Um, you had to audition in the bathroom and then hear nothing for six months, seven months. What was that? You know, and then get an email saying, yeah. come to New York and come on. So, yeah. So I lived in New okay. York and, um, you know, I've been in New York for over 20 years and I, you know, I was subletting. I, I had never had my own place. Um, and I remember I was on a couch and I was just like scrolling and this email came in asking me if I would be free next January, February to cover a leave of absence at the Majestic. We'd love to have you. And I literally like, like, I don't know what that is about. I will say, I do want to say for the listeners, this isn't like a, I never auditioned and I got an email and I'm an overnight success. I had auditioned for Phantom of the Opera for 10 years um, and they never looked at me in the audition room. So I was non-ac, I used to wait on the benches, I used to have to use the McDonald's um, bathroom in Times Square to change into my dress. Um, like it was, it was really hard. And then, so it wasn't like it just fell into my lap. I had auditioned for 10 years and I had done two shows that I didn't even know about just to get closer to these people. So it shows the importance of networking and doing a good job and following up and believing in yourself, um, and putting in the work. So, yeah, I just can't even tell you what that was like. That experience was eight years of my life that I look back on really fondly. Yeah, I, I also think like, you know, you said putting in the work, but you were doing another show and teaching yourself multiple parts at the same time. So it's not like you just yeah. you just stumbled into this. Like there's an immense amount of yeah. work that went into this. Yeah, and I, you know, I pushed my voice too. You know, when I, when I auditioned for Cats, like I was a mezzo. In my head, I was a mezzo. In college, I was a mezzo. I was always, like I said, the old lady or the friend or the, the sidekick. 
And um, I didn't know until I became this swing in Cats that, I mean, Jelly and Jenny in the booth have to sing high Ds. And I I have high Ds, but I didn't know I did. Mm -hmm. And so I thought, oh, my gosh, I'm even more right for Phantom now. And then that I for for eight years that's that's what i sang there unless i was going on as as jiri and um that was like so much fun to do that that was like vocal vacation compared to these crazy <laughs> opera notes that were happening yeah yeah you you picked uh very easy simple shows to be a part of with cats's yeah. two and a half hours of dancing and singing and then this extremely Great. operatic uh phantom yeah well, let's go into the rapid fire. Um, if you could play any cat for one night, who would you want to go on as? Old dude. Old dude. Give me, give me yeah, a, he, some why. Well, the old dude of the old days when like during intermission he had, well, he did sit there for the whole intermission, but I think in the old days on Broadway, they used to like let kids come up yeah. kind of like a sandwich type thing. And um, first of all, he is, he he's the best he's the best voice um he has these profound um musical phrases and he is just like i don't know he's so cool he's the coolest to me and then he comes out and does like a second of the ball mm-hmm. which is you know you just he's he's well-rounded and he's loved by all yeah women children kids puppies i was not expecting them to stay on during intermission and um go to the bathroom yeah and and so and they were i don't remember in 2016 if they had people going up and taking pictures i think they did because it was pre-covid now obviously it's much harder but um it's just so yeah okay who are your favorite and least favorite cats Ooh, i would say i'm not a fan of mccavity um he can just go somewhere else (laughs) for a while Except I did like singing that song mm. about him, but I don't like him. He is a little evil and nasty. I'm over him. Um, and my favorite is Grizabella, hands mm. down. I mean, it's just a torch I'm still carrying. Um, she has such such a an arc. Yeah. It's crazy. Well, this, this it's, isn't going to be good for me. It's going to be bad for the last question, it sounds like. Um, okay. What is your favorite song from Cats? Well, all right. Other than memory, I'll I'll try and pick another one. Um, I love the ball, but it doesn't involve singing. I, so I, I would the ball. say... I, I would count the ball. Yeah. Yeah, because I think it's... To me, the song is, is either a musical number or singing. Um, so I, I... Yeah. It's a track on the album, in my opinion. So that I would count that. I think addressing... Like, it is just like... For... For the tracks that I had, it was like high soprano power singing, standing in place for once. Um, just like you just give it to the audience. Um, but I will say there's skimble shanks. I mean, when I found out I had to like build a train dance and sing at the same time, but the jelly, um, I think Jenny just held something small, but jelly had a full on wagon wheel that she had to turn so you have to kick the wagon wheel hold the wagon wheel um and then skimble is obviously he's really cute he might be one of my favorites too Mm -hmm. um i love all the songs i such a loser but i such a transition i want to sing all the songs right now such a transition from the the you and with the 1998 vhs who didn't like wow. it. Angelical Cats. I think that, sorry, that might be my favorite, the opening opening number. I love it. Um, okay, here's my fun question. I, you auditioned for American Idol, I believe, correct? Uh, twice. So which cat do you think would be the best American Idol judge? Ooh, whoa. Mm, shoot. I think there are a couple like, of answers to this. I've thought about this a lot. I'm in Cowl of Cats. Who's the Paula? Who's the Randy? I feel like the Paula is like Jenny Any Dots. Like mm-hmm. she would just be so nice then. Um, the Simon Cowell of Cats. Ooh. Maybe Grizz because like she's the best singer ever like in her mind. And everybody in Cats is great at singing or should be. And But hers is like she's just so um, bitter. Mm-hmm. 
She would be the bitter judge. And then Randy, hmm. That could be like Gus Growl Tiger. Yeah. I think there's a... I think there's a couple that you eliminate. So I was like, I almost did this backwards. I was like, I don't think Tugger or Mistopheles or any of the kittens are probably thinking about it. So it's who are the on the right. the adult cats. I do think you got... I had Simon as a little old Deuteronomy-ish. Mm. Because I think old Deuteronomy is making his decisions and kind of the leader and definitely in charge. Um, right. And I, as this podcast is clear, I don't think he makes the right decision. So I'm like, ah, oh, Simon, Cal over here just doing whatever he feels um i think paul and jenny is right i think that's probably the best parallel i think you could maybe say jelly too um yes and then randy i had trouble with because i thought to your point i think it could be gus but gus i always feels older i part of me had his little bustifer jones where it's like i do have some money i'm behind the scenes here i'm gonna like yeah. i'm gonna be involved in this but i feel like uh, he's more of an executive producer of the show than he is anything else. And he's played by whoever the Gus yep. track is. So I think that that whole, maybe I did mean Bustafer Jones. I was thinking Monk, but I'm like, cause he's like super uh, strong and, but I'm like, no, Monk would audition. Monk wouldn't judge. Yeah. I don't and Skimble Shanks is like running the show. He's making <laughs> sure it's, he's making sure the set's on, on time and everything's going there. <laughs> Stage manager. Yeah, exactly. Holy, oh my gosh, I love it. Yeah. Okay, let's Ooh, I like let's go to the final question. Um, I've argued at length. I don't think Grizabella should be the right jellical choice. I no. want to hear if you want to defend Grizabella or if you want to defend a different cat. I, I do. I mean, other than my fear of heights, it would have been really convenient if she wasn't the choice. That would have <laughs> been great. But that's not how, um, you know... Trevor Nunn and AL Dubs thought of it. Um, yeah, I defend it. I think that she, like I said earlier, has a tremendous arc in her character. Um, and I, I mean, when you're Grizabella and you're, or when you're any of the cats, you, you line up and she, on her way to the heavy side, she has to shake hands with every single cat that was mean to her. And they are so happy for her in this moment, like the, the animosity is gone and they're sending her off in like heavenly heavy side layer bliss. And I just think she's been waiting for this for her whole kit cat life. So here's my one gripe with this. I, I, I get the arc. I, you know, obviously I understand, I understand the choice. Um, I feel like if <laughs> she's being reaccepted by her family, why not let her spend the year with them and make her next mm, year's choice? I just think she's ripe. So she, you don't think she's going to make it to next year? I think she's. Um, <laughs> I think she's earned it. I just feel like she, you know, I don't think she's okay. I don't think she's the type to now go to everyone's birthday party for a year and dance with them and play with them and buy them Christmas gifts and she's not like that. Okay, like, she's done. That's my thing. Like, if she lasted one more year in the junkyard, I just don't see it for her. I see her, you know, going straight up, you know, to meet that layer in the sky. And she is ready. She's earned it. You don't believe... So basically, don't, you don't believe... She's the addict. You don't believe that she's going to rebuil, rehabil, rehabilitate for a year. It's like, no, she's got to... She's being accepted right now. This is good. This is what the family needs and wants. Let's send her before there's another, she leaves again or there's any other issues. Cause she's not going to go to the birthday party. She's not going to do that. I just don't think she's going to acclimate very well. And I think she's, I also think she is so happy going up there. Another reason why <laughs> I was not the right choice for this role because I was crying, but for a different reason. And, you know, death gripping onto the sides of this thing you're supposed to again we're not on video but you're supposed to just be in delight that mm -hmm. you're heading up there and she is and yeah i just don't see her as one of the one of the gang okay i could buy that i i think i can buy that part of it i still have other challenges with this but i understand that theory um yeah well this has been i don't see I don't see her hanging out in the back of um, D'Agostino's dumpster yeah. for a year. <laughs> yeah. She's not going to. Yeah, I love that. She's not going to go to birthday parties and family dinners and stuff. She's 
she's past that yeah. point. She's she's done and ready to to move on. She's done. I love it. Um, well, this has been super fun. Uh, I appreciate you sharing your story and you know, giving mm-hmm. you know the all, all of this you know backstory on on what is I'm sure was pro- probably very you know was a very challenging time, but also ends up mm-hmm. with you on phantom the end goal which is the the happy ending i'm sure and i know you wanted it was it it was a very happy ending and we we just met such amazing people we just um we sell we've celebrated weddings together uh baby showers together um deaths together um we've we've grieved together so it just cats creates a family and i'm sure everyone says this and it might sound cliche unless you've been in cats but there's nothing like it and i really appreciate you having me on this this has been awesome yeah it's been amazing how can um, people stay in touch with you and find you on social media or keep up with you so they can keep up with me um i'm private but you can just request it's at kitty heaton that's my nickname on um instagram um and I also uh, run a very near and dear nonprofit to me um, in honor of one of my sisters who passed away suddenly. And that would be at Maureen Heaton Foundation on Instagram or Facebook and follow our mission and you'll see me posting a lot. I will link uh, both of those for everybody in the episode. This has been amazing so thank you again for being a guest thank you and mike this is awesome i've never really told my story um so for all of you followers too thank you for listening and giving me a space to to chat yeah i'm glad that we were able to have you on so thank you and thanks everyone else to listening to this episode of The Wrong Cat Died, the podcast breakdown of the cast catastrophe. To follow along, you can subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or anywhere else you listen to podcasts. Follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok at The Wrong Cat Died, or check out our website, thewrongcatdied.com. Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theatre Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theatre professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the Rise Theater directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E dot org because only together we rise.